When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Booyakasha! This is Michelangelo, a.k.a. Greg Sipes. You're listening to Ninja Turtle Power Hour. That's what's up! Welcome to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. I'm Keith McGuffey. And I'm Mike Templeton. And this week has been brought to you by Body Count. Body Count. Yeah. The, when you want to just be over the top violent, Body Count has got it for you. Do you like 100 pages of just guns shooting everywhere? Turtles, turtles cursing. And eyeballs flying, eyeballs flying, eyeballs flying, faces melting off, and babes in bikinis. Then body count is the turtles comic for you. I mean, I mean, can you even call it a bikini? Like, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's ugh. more just like loose, uh, like lace kind of nonsense. Like, guys, that's not how the commercial goes. <laughs> but oh, oh contradict man, the announcer. So we are talking about the infamous. That's it. Yeah, it's just very infamous. Yeah. Uh, Body Count um, by Kevin Eastman and Simon Billsley um, from 1994. And it's, this is a very special issue. <laughs> it's not, it's not one of those very special issues, but it's, it's, it's pretty special. It's, it's, it's special in how this issue exists. Yeah. Yeah. And ultimately, like, I will say that I think it's fun, but I've got a lot of mixed feelings about this story <laughs> arc. <laughs> so, for everybody who uh, missed out on that wonderful intro we did that we didn't plan, um, it so body count exists in this kind of like, is it a parody of TMNT kind of thing? Because it's, it body count is known in like at least the older turtle community as the like over the top violent comic that Kevin Eastman wanted to make like just for fun. Yeah. It exists in a weird world because like the first issue was published as Casey Jones and Raphael number one under Mirage, but that was right about the time that volume two was winding down and Mirage had stepped away from comics. So Issue one was reprinted as body count number one under image and the rest of the issues came out under image as body count. Yeah. I, years later. Yeah. I think when a lot of people talk about how edgy the image comic series is, I wonder if a lot of them th- are thinking of body count. Like that was their first experience with like Ninja Turtles printed under image was body count. And so they're like, Oh, super edgy. They don't like it. Cause like when we get into it, so we will be getting into the image run after, after this book. It's it is edgy, I guess, 
but it's still not like as edgy as body count for sure <laughs> you know yeah yeah like just, this is this exists like i said in a very special place it's yeah. it's it's so over the top and violent that it it it's a parody of parodies yeah it's like like the heavy metal magazine version of ninja turtles right kind of yeah like it's it's really weird because like when we when we talk about like turtles like being dark and gritty like this is i don't i, don't, I wouldn't even say this is the dark and gritty that people think like because it's not even it's not even dark and gritty it's it's violent to the point of silliness yes like i would say that it's like dark humor you know there you go yeah it's it's very it's go. very black humor like kind of like um i, I want to say like robocop-esque where like the humor is like the violence is kind of tongue-in-cheek like it knows it's being violent on purpose kind of thing it's like mortal um, kombat like, not mortal kombat because mortal kombat kind of took itself seriously like I'm talking about like current Mortal Kombat games, though. Like, like, like the last Kombat. movie, Mortal Kombat. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mortal Kombat 11 and Johnny Cage, his fatality. Well, his, one of his like you know fatalities is that he's got someone's torso on his arm and he's using them as a dummy. Like, <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Like this is this is kind of that. That kind of happens in this book, actually, doesn't it? Doesn't like yeah Johnny like put his hand through a guy and like it's, it's a shield yeah it's really really weird <laughs> and uh yeah and if and if you guys if you haven't read it it is available to read with uh on comiXology um it was reprinted by idw um and yeah i got nothing else to say other than just uh make sure your kids aren't around when you're yeah, cause... and keep it as far as you can from them because this <laughs> is not this is not your uh i mean this is your dad's turtles but this isn't your dad's turtles <laughs> so yeah uh shall we we shall let's jump in let me tell you a story the ancient one did tell me a story i think you guys would want to hear about master splinter's master Mato Yoshi. Well, let's hear it. All right. Issue one, his mind to summarize. So our story was uh, laid out by Kevin Eastman. Pencils and inks and the cover, Simon Bisley. Letters and colors, Steve Levine. Computer colors, Altered Earth Arts. Character designed by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. With a special thanks to Eric Larson. Whatever Eric Larson did for this book, he did it. Probably let it get published under image or something. I think that's exactly it. Yep. All right. So our story begins with Casey getting the crap beat out of him by a massive dude in a bar fight. For the first time, we see our female lead running outside of the bar. Her name is Midnight. Casey gets thrown out the door of the bar and into Midnight. She proceeds to hit him a few times and continues on her way. Casey dives back into the fight. Uh, Midnight flashes back now as she's running off to uh, when she was a getaway driver for a hitman with robot arms named Johnny Woo Woo. The operation was a setup, so everything goes down the toilet real fast when SWAT comes storming into the building. Only Midnight and Johnny escape alive. Now, for now, for some reason, she is his next target. Speaking of which, she sees him coming and runs off to hide in the bar. She gets into it with a guy with the guy Casey's fighting and beats him up. 
Casey decides that uh, whoever she is, uh, he now has his sights set on her. And right now, uh, he tries to hit it up. He tries to hit on her. Johnny storms into the bar with his men and mows down whoever gets in his way with his machine guns. Casey helps Midnight escape out the back, and they're followed. Just when it seems that Johnny has them cornered, Raphael crashes down from the rooftop and lands on him. Raphael tussles with them until Midnight KOs Johnny with a blow to the back of the head with a board, and they escape. All right, that leads into body count number two. This is April 1996. Uh, same creative team that Spencer mentioned at the top of his issue. So Midnight, Midnight explains to Casey and Raph that she's in trouble and needs to find Sanctuary, a safe house in Pittsburgh. Casey and Raph agree to escort her. They dress in disguises to board a train for Pittsburgh, but are caught by Johnny Woo Woo and his men. A gunfight breaks out. Raph's fingers are too big to get into the trigger uh, guard of a gun. So he instead uses a hot dog stand as a grenade delivery vehicle and our heroes steal a jeep to get away meanwhile De detective Choi and his goons arrive to start work on tracking down johnny woo woo casey raff and midnight stop at a gas station to fill up but are again attacked by johnny woo woo and his men this time raff is able to rip the trigger guard off of a gun and use it to shoot back at the bad guys and they escape with the help of some grenades D Detective Choi meets up with Detective Baudet to compare notes and determine that the bad guys are off to Philadelphia. Casey, Raph, and Midnight hide out at a nightclub, but are again found by Johnny Woo Woo and his men. As a gunfight breaks out, Johnny Woo Woo is pinned down behind a bar, and everyone thinks he's dead until a metal hand tosses a grenade over the counter. The end. Or is it? Issue 3 picks up in May 1996 with all the same creative team. As Johnny works his way through Club Dead, Court leads Midnight, Casey Jones, and Raph to the roof for their escape. Raph offers to cover the rear, grabbing a machine gun and losing himself in the thrill of blowing away enemies with hot red lead. With Johnny Wu ducking for cover, Raph leaps down to the ground and escapes with Court and the rest of everybody. Johnny is pissed, and after shooting down a police chopper, decides to wait for his prey at the sanctuary. Detective Choi then arrives at the burning ruins of Club Dead. Horrified at Johnny's handiwork, Choi decides to set up a stakeout at the sanctuary for him. In a diner at Pittsburgh's Lower East Side, Court comes to the conclusion that none of his goons survived since no one else has shown up at the meeting place. Leaving Court agrees, leaving, a court agrees to take Midnight to see the mysterious Martin at the sanctuary. In Hong Kong, in, in Hong Kong, mob boss Dong. <laughs> that's a hard way. <laughs> Three times fast there, Mike. <laughs> in Hong Kong, mob boss Dong. In Hong Kong, mob boss Dong. In Hong Kong, mob boss Dong. Pretty good. Has a good plot job. to finally solidify his power over the global underworld and he need only double cross johnny woo to do it dong then dispatches a unit of his men to the sanctuary at pittsburgh's south side court pulls into an abandoned church ushering midnight casey and raff and through a secret door they're met by a nutty spiritual leader named martin who has foreseen midnight's coming and her great role in the events that are about to unfold he then encourages them to arm themselves with what provisions the sanctuary has to offer Midnight and Raph load up with guns while Casey finds himself some hockey sticks and a star-spangled hockey mask. Johnny and his gang finally arrive and drive their van straight through the front door. Detective Choi decides to hold off sitting on his men in as he spots Dong's Hong Kong crew storming through the church. 
as Johnny shoots through Martin's thugs, he's suddenly surrounded by Dong's troopers. Johnny, confused, and even more so when Raph comes guns ablaze and dropping through the skylight, Casey in full-on vigilante mode in tow. Man, should we actually just change our podcast name to Hong Kong Dong? <laughs> <laughs> Dong's Hong Kong gang. Hong yeah. Kong Mopas Dong sends. <laughs> Tonight's special guest, Hong Kong Mob Boss Dong. That's that's fun to say. <laughs> maybe maybe that'll be uh one of the subjects of the new villain movies coming out. <laughs> you Ooh, think, yeah. You think yeah, you think he'll be the character? Yeah, the lead there. Got it. So how did this issue end? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I know everyone's probably waiting in suspense now if you haven't read the story. All right. <laughs> So Raph and Casey storming down into the, into the uh, room. They're taking down loads of dudes. They're taking down so many dudes that Martin's men have now decided to uh, hold back and just let these berserks take care of it. Uh, outside, Choi argues with the FBI agent on whether they should go in or not because, you know, lots of people are dying in there. And so the FBI agent wants to go in, but Choi wants to stay there. And Choi resolves the argument by having his partner knock out the FBI agent. Johnny uses the body of one of his men as a shield to sneak up behind Raph. Luckily, Casey notices and chucks a golf club at Johnny's head and stops him. However, that leads to Johnny turning to Casey and shooting him. Raph goes nuts upon seeing this and fires wildly at Johnny, and even Johnny is no match for a berserker Raphael. So he gets out of there, just dives out some sort of window into another room. Raphael cries out as he holds Casey most, Casey's motionless body. Johnny dodges a giant falling crucifix in the other room that he just went into and outsteps Midnight in, I guess we'll call it a bikini. You know, it's, it's, I feel like there's too little there to, for it really to be a bikini, but we'll call it a bikini. She comes out in something. We'll call it her yeah. battle dress, but dress is in like three sets of air quotes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she also has spiky gauntlets. So there's that too. And she says, enough, you've killed enough innocent people, yada, yada, yada. She tries to explain to Johnny that the setup was put together by their boss because he thought that they were too powerful. Mostly Johnny and the other guy that was supposed to be killed and did get killed in the uh, botched uh, setup, uh, Lee. And he just didn't know how much Midnight knew about everything. And so he just wanted her dead too, I guess. The only person, uh, okay, so we end up learning that uh, Lee was Midnight's lover, and he was planning to totally change and unite the entire gang with Martin. One of the concepts that they designed for this new order, Martin explains, is sanctuary. Two people with a disagreement fight to the death, and whoever wins is right, and the entire gang has to go with what that person said. So, Johnny thinks... uh, everything that midnight has explained to him is a load of crap and isn't true and so they propose that they use sanctuary to uh resolve their disagreement and johnny's fine with that because at the end of the day he's going to kill midnight and that's all he wants to do so he agrees and they fight and during the fight midnight explains that dong must have sent johnny there to kill everyone including martin since johnny is so messy and just kills everyone in his path Johnny still refuses to believe it. The cops are getting ready to enter. Raph is praying that Casey isn't actually dead, and it turns out he's not. Turns out that the bullet was stopped by Casey's lucky Gretzky puck charm he has on a necklace. 
Midnight and Johnny's fight leads to a standstill. Johnny's knife at Midnight's throat and Midnight's knife partially in Johnny's chest. Midnight offers her final argument and Johnny seems to finally see the light and believes his sister apparently their brother and sister he tells her he loves her before pulling her into him and having and this knife running the let me say that again he tells her he loves her before pulling her into him so that her knife runs through his body and kills him martin gives out orders to kill all of dong's men that are in the building because you know those guys came charging in and are there uh, but Raph gives some speech about how they've killed enough people, so Martin should just let them go because they don't want to be, you know, terrible like Dong. And so uh, Martin uh, agrees and sends them out, tells them to just leave. Choi, who is secretly working for Dong, we have learned, is confused to see Dong's men walking out of the building as that is not part of the plan. Inside the building, Martin tells everyone that they have 15 seconds to get out of the building, so everyone hightails it. And the place blows up, leaving Choi and his partner shocked. Casey makes out with Midnight. Choi lets Dong know that he failed him, and now he'll be running from him since Dong doesn't tolerate failure. And our story ends with Casey and Raph on the side of the freeway trying to hitch a ride home. The end. Riveting. Wow. This yeah. was this was certainly four issues. It's, it it's was comic. It's, oh boy, it's nuts! It's absolutely nuts. <laughs> uh, might as well just jump into it. Yeah, second time around. Hey, nice junk. So, this book was inspired by a John Woo film marathon that Kevin Eastman and Simon Bisley had. And they decided they wanted to write a John Woo comic book with Casey and Raphael in the lead roles. I've never seen a John Woo film. No idea what they're like. Um, kind. Of, I mean, the biggest thing I can think of, like, to compare it to to people who haven't seen it, would be like a John Wick movie. Okay. Um. Yeah. Like, I think the only the only movie I've seen of his is Mission Impossible Two. Having wow. having that context that this is basically like Ninja Turtles John Woo, it does make this experience a little better. Uh, <laughs> I don't think Kevin is a talented enough writer to have pulled that off. Um, because I didn't even think about that until now. Um. But now that I know that, it I think it does make it a little bit, um, a little bit easier to understand like their intention with this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it is it is really weird, and uh, it is for me very hard to follow. Um, but going through some of the stuff, um, we talked about it earlier. The this is a very much an adult comic um this is actually uh the first of two adults only ninja turtles comic books um the other one apparently is a book based on ninjara oh yes yeah furlough um so i thought that was interesting that there was another uh adults only comic book 
uh, based on turtles. But but I mean, but that's what we were saying earlier. Like this this is very much a it's a very I'm hesitant to say special book in turtles uh, history, uh, but it is like the only official like one where the turtles like really go hard and and even then it's only wrath um but go into that hard over the top r rating stuff yeah so much so this was put out in a hardcover a couple years ago um there's not a nickelodeon logo anywhere on it yeah it's it's (laughs) yeah put out by top shelf which is actually an imprint of idw so it has neither idw nor nickelodeon logos anywhere on it it's like specifically something separate from the rest of the turtles comics which which is common in the comic book industry like you know mm-hmm. dc for a long time was printing their more mature titles under vertigo right mm-hmm. like they were yeah, still yeah. dc books but yeah and i yeah. guess top shelf is specifically like a, a mature adult line imprint of yeah. IW. i would call sense. body count adult but i wouldn't call it mature Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I don't think I I don't think I called it mature. <laughs> but, but yeah, like it's very much like this book is wild. Yeah. Um so much so that like it's it's I don't know. For me it was a little hard to follow. Um yeah, like I understand what kind of what's going on because I've read this is like my third time reading it because <laughs> like i read it i read this it the, first, the time. first time i read it yeah i read it the first time and was like super super confused the second time like i kind of understood what's going on because like i don't know there was like one day where i was just like man was body count just a total fever dream like i need to reread body count <laughs> that's yes. the best the way to yes, describe but... it. <laughs> that's the best way to describe this book like this is a fever dream yeah. of a turtles book and it's yeah. like there's going to be dudes out there that think this is like the coolest thing in the world which is fine. You're you're allowed to you know like whatever you want. Yeah. Ironically, it is. fever dreams. Yeah. Like I, ironically, it is the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> it's it's cool in the sense that like it exists as like this weird parody thing. <laughs> like I, but I I I cringe at first at dudes thinking like this is a turtles movie that we should get. <laughs> yeah you know I, I don't know. like i shudder it could be fun like to me this book is fun if they were to put the fun that goes into this book into a movie it, it could be fun i over the 100 disagree with you okay um i i don't know because like this this is something like it it would have to be like deadpool-esque yes where like Deadpool knows that it's over the top and funny and like tongue in cheek violence. And like this, this does it, but it doesn't have the charm that Deadpool does. And I don't like, and Deadpool, like we already know he breaks the fourth wall and he already, he already has that like relationship with the audience. The Uh troubles don't, the troubles have never really had that. Like other than like Raph in 87, you know, making fourth wall jokes. Yeah, like we don't we don't really have that in turtles, and it's like I, I don't know. Not that they can't pull it off. I, I don't. I I don't think they can. See, I think you're both right, and I think it could both be like the best thing ever and the worst thing ever. <laughs> oh yeah, know? like so bad it's good, right? Yes. I mean, like <laughs> yeah, like exactly I would, I, I would watch yeah. it. I would watch it because, like, obviously, um, but at the same time, I'm like, 
I don't know. Like I, I, I would feel so weird watching it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So speaking of other things that are like really extreme and cool, uh, I have the first two issues of this, like the original print. And on the backs of them, we get ads for Jim Lee's TMNT toys. I don't know if you've ever seen those, but they look like big hulking cyborg turtles. So They're I amazing. Have, I have seen those and I really want them. And I, I do too. But I had to stop myself from buying them because they never made Leonardo. Yeah. And Leo had like, I've seen concept art of him. He had like a Thor helmet on with like the wings. Yeah, like it was crazy. it was going to happen. Um, but they only got around to releasing Mikey, Raph, and Don. And so I had seen all four, uh, all three of them like on a shelf, like when I was toy hunting. And I was like, I could pick all these up. And then I looked it up and I was like, there's no Leo. So I was like, Yeah, I can't, I can't do it. Like I'll, I'll, if I find the turtles like individually, I will pass on them until I can find all four of them in one shot. Hmm. That's that's just the kind of collector I am. I don't like buying yeah. the turtles individually. Yeah, for me, I see those figures, and it's like to me, it's almost like they're like trying too hard to like put their own spin on the turtles. Like when you're trying like too hard to redesign something, that you just go like way too far with it. That's what it looked like to me personally. Yeah. I mean, and that's that's part of like the image gag, you know. Uh-huh. Like, that's that's what you get with image, and so it's it's hard for me to like hate those designs because like that's why you go to image is you know pouches everywhere and you know cyborg robot you know limbs that are just basically lines. Yeah, <laughs> actually, in those issues, you get an ad for the ongoing because it hadn't come out yet. It's the cover of the book, and the words "Cowabunga, dude" are scratched out. It said, "Screw that! These ain't those cartoon turtles you watched as a kid. You grew up, and so did they. Image style. Expect these turtles to move fast." So, and so, like, go. and and so, image. So this is like 1994 um, when these issues are coming out. So it's like we're towards the end of Turtle Mania. Like kids who grew up on '87 are, you know you know 10 years old now basically and so they're right at that age you know they shouldn't have been reading image that young but they're right at that age where it's like they can understand that hey there are these comics out there of the turtles but they're cussing and killing dudes yeah Mm. and they and they hang out with savage dragon oh dude (laughs) that guy's that guy's got a cartoon on usa (laughs) so cool yeah, another another interesting thing that I find with these books is that like it, just reading like Kevin Eastman's experience experience like working with Simon Bisley, like he's friends with him and, and like really of course you know likes him. I mean they sat down and watched John Woo movies together. But like he seems like he can be really stubborn and kind of have like his his way of wanting to do things and he's gonna do it his way. Like Kevin Eastman has some concept art in the back of this hardcover for how he wanted Johnny and Midnight to look, which is very different from uh, how Simon decided he wanted them to look. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and Simon's design one uh, because he's the artist on the book. Same with uh, Raphael. If you look inside the hardcover at like the first uh, cover, which I think was some promo art for the book, you see Raphael doesn't even have like the yellow shell on, on the front of him. And he's got like the shell on his back is like being held on by like backpack straps almost. 
Yeah. And, He's got four fingers and toes. Yeah. Yeah. And like Kevin Eastman, you know, kind of says like, that's kind of how he liked drawing the turtles and they had to convince him to draw them, you know, his way. But if you look in the book, you can definitely see a lot of moments where he drew Raphael his way anyway. And, you know, it's a lot of those moments where his chest is just colored yellow, but it doesn't look like there's any shell there. You know, he's just ripped and muscly. Yeah, uh, like I, I noticed that a lot in the art that there's um, because because he drew Raph with like, you know, three knuckled hand, like three knuckles and a thumb. But then like when you when you look at the hand, it's two fingers. Yeah. They, yeah. So, you know, throughout the book, he kind of sneaked his version in there. Yeah, I also have a Kevin Eastman's autobiography, which includes his layouts for this book. Uh-huh. And like Simon Bisley took some some liberties. Like, oh, there's that page where like the church explodes, and there's like a monkey and an elephant on the page. Yeah. When Casey and Midnight kiss, there's a Cupid, and then there's like that little tiny like Yoda looking guy walking by at the end. Like all that is not. That's all just Simon Bisley just like messing around, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's funny because I think it was in the Two Pals chat video where man I, I don't want to mess this up but i'm pretty sure it was like alan moore saying that he didn't think simon bisley could read because he wasn't following a script and he'd always call <laughs> <laughs> he'd always call up the the writer like with questions and he thought he was like writing stuff down or doing stuff in the background oh interesting he would just sit and call him you know ask you know asking questions about what was on the script and maybe it's just the fact they didn't want to sit down and read it and he just would rather ask and just have just draw while asking about it <laughs> instead of auditory mean, learner you know yeah. to be fair i do that to you guys <laughs> <laughs> you know i think eastman and bisley have matching tattoos like down their arms don't they yeah, well, like Kevin Eastman has like a concept for a cartoon called like uh, Biz and Buzz, which is supposed to be like him and Simon Bisley as well. Yeah, so they, they yeah, go back. Cute. Yeah, they go back. They're they're good buds, but uh, I just find it I just find it funny. He just seems like such an interesting character. Yeah, this is actually Eastman's last TMNT comic work until IDW. Yeah really really weird because like this is like you said yeah it's his, it's his last one before he kind of like walked away from turtles talk about going out with a bang yeah, <laughs> yeah nice. right nice I think, I think uh we still have next mutation so he's still working with the turtles a little bit but this is the last like comic work that he did yeah uh, a reference that was made, well, might might have been a reference, made an issue too. Someone says, go, go, gophers. Like, is that is that a reference to anything? Do you guys know? Uh, I'm aware of. I mean, other than go, go, Power Rangers. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, I guess I go, really go, Power Rangers, go, go, Gadget. Like, I, I don't really, yeah, I don't really think there's a. They're just a like trying to run, get out of there. And he's just like, go, go, gophers. And I was like, what? Let me Google that real quick and we'll find out. Go, go, go. There you go. Gophers with an F, right? Uh, go, 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 Gophers, Gophers is an animated series set the old West. 1968. Yep. There we go. All right. <laughs> so, all right, cool. That wasn't a show that I ever watched or knew of. So, um, yeah. <laughs> it's just like such a weird thing to say that I feel like it had to be a reference. So, I mean, that that, that one was beyond all of us, apparently. It w- there was a segment during Underdog. Oh, 
Yeah, I do remember Underdog. I, I did still Underdog as a kid as well. Also, I noticed. I think it's straight up just like Jason Voorhees in the background when they're in a bar. Yeah, so, they're in a bar. Yeah, there's so, a guy with a hockey mask and a chainsaw or a uh, machete. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's he's in the background when they go to the diner. Yeah, at the diner. Yeah. So yeah, you've got Jason Voorhees just sitting in the background, just hanging, just hanging out. Yeah. And also, this is the first time we see Casey Jones with his Stars and Stripes hockey mask. Isn't that the only time we we see him with? with no, he wears it in the image run. Oh, he does. Uh, okay, so this is this is essentially where he gets it, which which is weird because like in um, so according to Peter, this is Mirage continuity. Yes. Because so. so so Kevin so. Peter's Peter's rule for um, for uh, what constitutes as Mirage continuity is if it's a Turtles comic made by somebody who worked at Mirage, and since this was a Kevin joint, that's why it counted as Mirage. Yeah, I, mean, I guess according to his rule, it is canon. I do think it takes place before. Even though it's like printed at the end of volume two, I think it takes place before that because like Casey's Case not involved with April or has a kid or anything. So I think this is actually like one of their earlier adventures. Maybe he was just holding on to that hockey mask this whole time. Yeah. Maybe. So, uh, it's it's really funny that like in this this whole this whole you know miniseries, uh Casey's like, I hate guns. I don't want to use guns. I hate guns. And but like uh What's his face, Mister Bronze, and in Volume Two, like makes him use a gun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why I know there, there's also a short story called "Fun with Guns," where he didn't seem to have any problem with guns. Uh, he like actively wanted to use a gun, but then he like dresses up in a bulletproof suit and gets suit and gets like mm. shot all up, and then maybe that's what made him like not like guns anymore. Was getting yeah. riddled with bullets. <laughs> I mean, that's enough to make me not want to get yeah, shot again. Yeah. So. Yeah, those are those are like all my second time around notes uh, as far as fun facts and things I noticed and learned. Yeah, like there 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 wasn't a whole lot, like there weren't a whole lot of like in universe gags or anything like I really noticed in these yeah. four issues. Mm. So should we get into what we don't like? I think we should. Let's talk about anchovies. Nobody likes anchovies. I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> four issues i started reading this last night and like i i just i was just scrolling through comiXology like i was i was like i i don't know what's going on and like johnny woo woo and um and lee like might as well have been the same character mm-hmm. <laughs> um because i had no idea and apparently, so Johnny Wu is Midnight's brother. Lee is her boyfriend. Right. Yes. And so I was just like, okay. And then like, I just, my issue, like, you know, issue three was such a blur that like, I forgot they, like, I, I didn't even know they left New York. <laughs> like, it's, it's so, <laughs> this moves so quickly and well, the dialogue is so all over the place. Mm-hmm. And like I half just, the time they're going to Philly and half the time they're going to Pittsburgh. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's like, I had, I had no idea that, that that's, that was where they ended up. Cause I'm like, I just, I, I can't read any of this. So then when like Martin shows up, I'm like, what the hell is going on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think some of it as well, like some of what makes it so hard to like follow as far as the dialogue goes. Something else that Kevin Eastman explains is that Simon, like Simon Bisley doesn't really leave like, space for your word bubbles <laughs> it it seems like it because your like, word bubbles. because the words like there's a lot crammed into these word bubbles yeah and it's like to an almost unreadable degree yeah and i, I think sometimes they like also just place the bubbles wherever they can and it just becomes up to you to like the reader to figure out which bubble you're supposed to be reading sometimes like, yeah and there's like and there's a, like a there's a lot of weird spelling errors um at, at least in the version i read on comiXology um okay. which i don't know i don't know if they're in the original um but it's it's yeah. just really it's just really weird i also um, think uh at least the hardcover i have all the gutters are painted black and that's not the case in the original prints i think that makes it a lot harder to read because you can't tell like where the individual frames of the comic are yeah you're the right the whole book is so dark for for those that don't know gutters is the is our, is the area between comic book panels um so it's it, it is it's really it's really hard to see like what issue like like what panels go where because i was reading it in guided view in comicsology where it like zooms in on the next panel for you mm-hmm. and even then i was still pretty lost like and i'm i'm literally being guided <laughs> It's a very like I've said this before. It's like a very Kevin Eastman comic, you know. It's like something just falls in their lap, and then it's just action, action, action until the very end, where it's revealed that there was like a very complicated plot driving all this action, and then it's just over. Like I mean, this is basically the same plot as uh, issue fourteen with the golden cow, right? Like it's just uh, run, 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 and then at the end, everybody's like, "Oh, this is why I was doing that." Oh, this is why I was doing that. This is what you didn't know, and it's over. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And he's he writes that story a lot. He's good at writing that story, but it's 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 a trademark, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's definitely when I would say this story really falls apart for me. Like first two issues, even like the third issue, are easy to follow. It's just definitely when you hit that fourth issue, and there's just like boom like the whole like everything that's going on in the background gets like laid out in front of you but it gets laid out in front of you in the most like in a, in a fairly disorganized fashion yeah <laughs> you know it's one of those things that now that i've read the book three times like since i already know some details and things like that i can actually like put it together into something that makes sense uh you know now that i've read it a few times <laughs> yeah i remember being like really excited when they put this out in hardcover because i had seen it back when i was in college and just like never i've never bit on like buying it from ebay and i always had wanted to read it being very excited and reading it and being like wait i think i missed something (laughs) yeah yeah so like i said i'm pretty sure i kind of get it now when i read the story and so like it's not too bad but it's definitely very messy uh very 90s in general like throughout the whole comic book like it's just very like it's kind of got that messy style art, you know, that, I mean, Simon Bisley's art is good art, but it's like very messy. He also like has a lot of continuity errors in his art. Whatever. Yeah. Like midnight constantly looks like a different person. From yeah. Panel to panel. Right. All the time. Um, 
even it's, even the clothes she's wearing like sometimes her shirt has like this deep cut v sometimes it's like a belly shirt sometimes it's like sometimes she's got nips showing yeah <laughs> like <laughs> it yeah. just it just happens and it's like i get i get what they're going for with this book like they wanted an over-the-top violent like comic Mm -hmm. i just don't know if the like i just don't know if these two were the best ones to pull it off like yeah like this is the book kevin eastman apparently always wanted to make with turtles but like i I don't know i wouldn't have chosen simon Mm -hmm. as as the artist to go with yeah his art is so extreme that like it's great for drawing extreme stuff it's just the fact that he does seem like someone that's maybe kind of hard to rein in and yeah and who I wonder who is the editor on these books. Bold of you Ooh, to assume there's an editor. I mean, fair enough, but yeah, I just I just wonder who was editing this at the time. There's no credits for it in the book. Exactly. Let me see. I got I got the, the original print here. Dun, dun, dun. All right, pencil story layout, computer colors, publisher. Uh, it does list a stooge, Josh Eichhorn, but no editor. And so Josh Eichhorn gets uh, gag credits, right? In, <laughs> yes. in every in every issue. Yeah, he was toward Savage Dragon issue we talked about. Exactly. Talked about. Yeah, exactly. But it was Eric Larson as publisher, so maybe maybe he had some oversight. But yeah, I don't think there was much much in the way of editorial. Uh, yeah. So Josh Eichhorn's bio says that he had stopped working with Eric Larson earlier, but every issue of um, Every issue of volume three credits Josh Chicorn. Oh, okay. Hmm. Um, the only other, so there's like one other where it seems like error that I saw where it seemed like they kind of like uh, mixed up the script on a page. Uh, Raphael, when he breaks the trigger guard off the gun, you know, uh, it's after he does that, Midnight tells him to just break the trigger guard on the gun. <laughs> yeah. Further <laughs> yeah. down the page, well after it's happened. Um, where you're like, what? No, okay. <laughs> that got me too. I, I, because they're like throwing grenades when that happens or something. I'm like, are there trigger guards and grenades? Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's it's when he first breaks it. Like you see, he breaks off the trigger guard and he's like, all right. And then later, like further down the page, Midnight says something that would be a great response to something Raph said earlier about not being able to use it and her being like, just break the trigger guard. Uh, and then that happens. So a little continuity error there. But yeah. My last anchovy was is was Johnny Woo Woo a robot or not? It's like <laughs> he's he definitely, a cyborg, man. Either way, like he definitely had robot hands. And then there was like one panel where like half his face is like a terminator. Yeah. yeah. Then he gets stabbed in like, the chest and dies. So yeah, I'm like, but yeah, like his half his face is like a terminator, but it was only that panel. Yeah. Because, like, we cut back to him again, and he's fine. Right. But, once again, Kevin Eastman had his concept art for this character that was much softer looking. The robot hands were all Simon Bisley, and I imagine the half-Terminator face was also all him. Yeah, yeah I, gotta, but, I gotta imagine that, like, Kevin didn't even see, <laughs> see Johnny Woo Woo until, like, after he was already, like, done by Simon Bisley. Yeah. It's like at this point, like I get it. Like Kevin probably wanted to work with Simon, but Kevin could have just done this all by himself, and it probably would have been better for it. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know. The, the thing is, is he he seems to really appreciate and enjoy Simon Bisley's Simonness. I you guess know, the business, the, if you will, the business. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know, so that's the thing is, he seems to like you know be fine with it and encourage it and they seem like they were just trying to have fun with this book and so ultimately i think that's why yeah it just is what it is so so the thought that uh bisley gave him metal hands without eastman knowing actually leads into something that's almost an anchovy of mine but i also love it so we're ready to talk about things well, that's, we love that's, now. What was, that's what's gonna talk damn it you moved you, you ruined my segue i'm sorry i forgot, what it, I forgot my segue now <laughs> let's, just, let's go talk about things we like i love being a turtle okay <laughs> so i don't know if this was supposed to be a, a bit or not but like there's a part where like one of the one of the two detectives is looking over all this evidence of johnny woo woo and he says oh that's him that's johnny woo woo his two glocks are his trademark it's like yeah but the dude has metal hands like wouldn't that be a dead giveaway <laughs> it's 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 really it's really that 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 cracked me up because it's like because like right after because right after that like i think he i think he and you see his two metal hands and it's like yeah. he doesn't wear gloves he's no. wearing like a suit and then like his metal robot hands are sticking out of the suit like they're very obviously cyborg hands yeah and see so, that that makes sense if if it was written beforehand and then busy like changed the model yeah, exactly. Going. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and this this book does its thing. Like, does the thing. Like, I, as much as I was crapping on Simon Bisley, it, it really, it really, his art really does sell the book in like the gritty, ugly, over the topness of it. Uh huh. Um, it 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 does a thing that a lot of early '90s comics do, where like they draw every gun as big as possible like like you know every handgun here is like a cannon like yeah, he, it's like the, every like every the glocks were like the size of like missile launchers well yeah he like shoots a guy in a helicopter with with a handgun yeah it's ridiculous and it's yeah. like it's stupid stuff like there's a shotgun that's the size of like a handgun but it's but it's still huge mm-hmm. it's just not long <laughs> um it's it's stuff like that that like really brought me back to like the 90s and i was like i was reading this at work um today and um one of the guys in the office like looked over my shoulder he's like what he's like this kind of takes me back (laughs) (laughs) yeah this has got like one of those art styles that just stands out you know like you can tell it's him it's very defined style it's it's almost like rob liefeldian in a way Mm -hmm. Yeah, so like it's really fun and like like you said, it's kind of what sells this book. Like it's one of those things where it's like Kevin Eastman maybe could have done it and like maybe the the story would. I think have been I, yeah. So let me rephrase that. I think Kevin could have done a done this book better by itself. I think this would have been a better book. Um, Simon's art though is kind of what makes this version of this book. Yeah, like it's really what sells. It's really what makes it because it's just this like in your face over the topness that he that he just has the ability to to create as an artist, and it, it makes it fun ultimately. In my yeah, opinion. yeah, it's almost to me it borders on that like it's so bad it's good. Like it's just like laughable, and there's some good bits in it, like uh, when Johnny Wu shoots up the 
the back of that chair and it turns around and it's a dummy that says screw you on it yeah <laughs> that was pretty funny and then like there's other parts that aren't necessarily supposed to be funny but i find funny so like midnight kills johnny woo woo and then she's like oh johnny you're the best brother i could have ever had it's like he spent an entire mini series trying to kill you <laughs> yeah like it's, i it's just laughable it's so funny it's so, it's so funny um what was the other there's there's a part uh when <laughs> when raf is like screaming that like when casey got shot and he th- and he thinks he's dead and he's like i'll do anything to like to have casey be okay casey yeah and like simon bisley for some reason drew this rat in the foreground <laughs> and and the rat's like jeez guy like the expression on this rat's face it's like something out of peanuts <laughs> it cracked me up so find this now. uh that. go look at our twitter because i just posted it there um because it cracked me up so hard yeah well and then there's like i mean even just the whole moment of like casey not actually dying because he's you know the, the bullet was stopped by, by his by his hockey punk his hockey puck pendant thing on his necklace like it's so dumb but it's it's kind of just funny you know? yeah even the i thought it, i thought it was funny that it, that it that it's it misspelled necklace too it's like it's spelled neck less l-e-s-s <laughs> oh man. boy kevin eastman has never claimed to be a good speller so nope and then uh I mean, just like the opening line of like this of this story is, you know, a few sociality, a few socialites discuss politics. And, you know, you just see Casey and this big guy fighting each other and both are saying kill, you know, like kill. Yeah. A few socialites yeah, discuss politics. And you've got uh, the other thing that I just find really funny throughout this book is like. There's no small amount of like language in it, but like you still have characters saying butthole, like just just butthole. <laughs> You know, like Casey, Casey calls someone butthole, and I'm like, oh, okay, it's kind of funny. They're like keeping the turtle, like, you know, they're keeping Raph and Casey like in character how they are in the books where they're still saying butthole and cripes. Yeah, like, but they're, like, cripes, Johnny, like all the time. Yeah. And it's, it's really funny because like Casey is the most, like, the most pure one. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's, he's the one that's like the safest, like, most PG 13 version. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really, all he says in this book is, I hate guns. <laughs> he says it like six times in this book. That and like the fact that he ends up getting him and Raph involved in this whole adventure because Casey thinks Midnight is hot. Like, like that's really all it is. Is like he thinks she's hot. And so they're helping her. And like Raph's reaction to Casey saying, Okay, we'll help you. Him just being like, yuck, like the whole time, like, oh my gosh, this guy. And then and then when they like make out at the end and there's like the slurp on a Yeah. Oh yeah. That was yeah. <laughs> that that's, that's why I said make out, because like slurp is a make out noise. It's not yeah. a you know, it'd be like smooch if they just kissed. Yeah. You know. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. So yeah, it, I don't know. I find I find the fact that they go on this entire like car chase being chased by these guys trying to shoot him because Casey thinks a girl is hot and wants to hit on her and get with her. And that is why they're there this whole time. I mean, <laughs> throughout this whole story. I mean, to be fair though, honestly, 
who among us hasn't done that for a girl before? Gone on a whole murderous rampage. Just, just yeah. saying. Just saying. Do, now, do y'all like Casey's uh, red, white, and blue mask or no? I think it's stupid, but I think it's stupid in like the most over the top way in that it will only work in this issue. Hey, I have a love hate. I have a love hate relationship with it. You know, it, it, it's like this book. Like it. Like I, I can't decide how I feel about it because a part of me that loves it for how like over the top and kind of stupid it is. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, yeah, but does it really look that good? Like, not really. But at the same time, I kind of love it for that. Like, right. I don't know how else to explain it. It's a perfect metaphor for this book, right? It's, <laughs> and then, yeah, it's, that's the thing. It's like, it's, it's at the point that he gets it, I was like, okay, it makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. this book doesn't care. I don't care. Let's just keep going and have fun with it. It's stupid. But yeah. Yeah, like there's a part of me that for like my Casey Jones cosplay that I do, I kind of want to make that mask and wear it. Just I, you know, should. honestly, I think you should because it's like it's 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 such a it, it's kind of a deep cut because like like I said at the top, like dudes in like older dudes like us who know about this book, you know, not not everybody knows about it, and I think that would be a fun deep cut. Because, like, nobody's, you know, everybody who cosplays Casey, like, they do, like, the movie version because they got, you know, the NECA mask or whatever, which is fine. But it's, like, sometimes you enjoy seeing the really deep cuts like this. Mm -hmm. And I think think that would be fun. I do, like, I do like the fact that it's kind of, like, held together with, like, leather straps and, like, metal plates and stuff and and certain certain panels. I think that's kind of a cool detail. Maybe you should somehow incorporate that you know i i will yeah it's one of those things that like i have to like really figure out the logistics on how to do it you know i haven't mm-hmm. given it too much thought yeah more than like i should try and do this one day yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, the thought has stopped there <laughs> <laughs> but i think it would be a lot of fun just to see who actually gets it too because i feel like there would be like one guy in the whole place that would be like that is the coolest thing ever yeah, I they'd mean, be like, did they in the 2012 series when they like are in the future in the Armageddon after after the bomb went off? Doesn't Raph have like Casey's mask next to him, and it's that mask? Yeah, it's not the the or white it, one. Yeah, or a version of it. Yeah, it's sitting in their in their truck. It's a a deep cut reference that. Yeah, so you probably get like one kid who's like, "Hey, that's from this episode." You know, <laughs> you wouldn't even yeah. know it's from this. And like honestly, like when i used to cosplay like that that's what makes it fun is like it's it's for the people who like get it and like are really excited they're like oh dude you're you're casey johns from body count yeah you know? granted i don't know if that's gonna happen <laughs> but but if it did you know that that it's a cool feeling yeah you just gotta really sell it by saying how much you hate guns <laughs> yeah exactly and we're like i hate guns yeah so yeah i kind of i kind of love the mask you know in a way i don't hate it yeah i, I don't hate yeah. it um the scene where raf puts a grenade in a hot dog cart and shoves it at the bad guys like that's that great. also to me is hilarious it's great it's fantastic it's great. <laughs> yeah like, just, like i said at that point this book is having fun and i am too yeah it's just good writing frankly because <laughs> like like i said this is a john woo movie and it it's when it does stuff like that, it's really funny. 
Mm. And like, even in, even though an issue too, like, even though this book doesn't even take itself seriously, like I do kind of enjoy the drama of like Johnny, like not wanting to kill midnight, like that kind of being seated back in like issue two, where he's like, I don't want to do this. And you can kind of see there's conflict there. Like I said, I feel like it's the final two issues where this thing kind of like, I don't know, starts getting real messy because before it, it, it's really working in my opinion. I think issues one and two are pretty good and they work. And then it's kind of like three and then especially four is when things kind of stop making sense for the, they start it, it, it falls people. apart once they get to the church. Yeah. Like once Martin, like the creepy, you know, spiritual guy comes in, like it kind of falls apart. Uh-huh. Um, and it, it does take a while for Raph to show up. And like so much, like it takes a while for like an issue one for Raph to show up that you almost kind of forget this is a turtles book kind of. Mm-hmm. yeah so it, it's definitely one of those things where like i actually really enjoy how they're building up that drama with johnny especially in issue two uh it makes it interesting and i i liked seeing that when i saw it and then i kind of you know issue three and four kind of you know, ruined you know a little what? but i guess it adds the detail that she's his sister so it makes it make more sense but at the mm-hmm. same time you forget about it <laughs> you know time. why you know why i didn't realize that this was a john like it's it's john woo parody there's no doves in it oh there you go you need that's to... why that's okay. why i didn't it's a john woo thing you know you gotta watch his movies to get it yeah i believe you <laughs> I, I also do kind of like the random business as well like because this book is like so much over the top fun and i'm just having fun reading it and looking at the art like the random elephant and chimpanzee just smoking in the corners of the panel like yeah. <laughs> they just they just make you go like what and and kind of laugh like it's just so silly you know this book doesn't take itself super seriously so you really can't complain about it too much in the first place yeah uh and so that like i said that's kind of just what makes it fun because yeah. kevin eastman and simon bisley are obviously having fun making this book you kind of just have fun reading it if you're in the right state of mind for it oh yeah they it it totally knows what it is uh-huh yeah can't knock her for that yep all right so last thoughts are we ready to move on to news you know this is <laughs> i'm gonna recommend this to somebody who's never read turtles before <laughs> just for fun <laughs> and see and see what they think no i'm kidding i'm never gonna do that um I don't know if I'll ever revisit this book. Um, having now read it and and knowing knowing now what I know about it, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Like I'm talking to another friend of mine about this book um, who was on his reading list and because uh, he knows, you know, we do the show. And so he's asking me about it and I'm like, I, I, I don't know. I think he should still read it. I think if you I think if you know about this book already and you haven't read it, I think it's worth reading. Um, for like younger turtle fans who like got in because of 2012 or Rise, I think it would be very interesting for them to read this book um, and just to see the reaction. Yeah, it's. I, like I said, I have so many mixed feelings about it because like it's, it's not a good book. But at but the same time, like I find enjoyment in it for some reason. It's like, like there it's, is it's, something it's a part of it's a part of turtle history. Like, like yeah. it's you know, just as much as we wish you a turtle Christmas or anything like that. Like this yeah. is this is a part of turtle history. And I think if you're really 
wanting to dive into turtle history and like be that expert, then yeah, like this is kind of required reading. You should, you should do it. Uh Am I glad I read this book? Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad, I'm glad that I can, you know, put this on, you know, my, my shelf that I read this on my, on my, I'm going to put it, I'm going to add it to my Goodreads as soon as we finish. (laughs) I think Spencer, you might be experiencing that. Like it's so bad. It's good kind of phenomenon. Definitely. No, it's definitely in that realm. I wouldn't, I don't know if I would, because, okay. So, so like so good, so bad. It's good is like an accidental thing. I think this set out to be bad originally. Yeah, I mean, it could I, be- I, I think that's I think that's the difference. I think I think this set out to be bad, and like it's it's still like in that world of bad. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I I don't know. Like I said, there's because like the Street Fighter movie with uh-huh. Jean Claude Van Damme. That's so bad, it's good. True. this is like it was meant i don't i I honestly i don't believe they wrote this to be good yes yeah, that's, that's the million dollar question right there yeah <laughs> yeah I, I don't think they were sitting out thinking that they were going to create like you know some eisner winning you know award-winning book by any means at all exactly it was going to be like critically lauded but they did set out to like have fun with it and just to have fun yeah and, and i think and i think that's that's why like ultimately i did get enjoyment out of this mm-hmm. i think their goal was to make if i read i think i read this somewhere that it was like supposed to be the longest gunfight in the comics yeah was the idea it's like 100 pages it, it of probably just was at the time yeah. yeah yeah and it still might be kevin eastman does at least claim that it is the comic book with the most flying eyeballs he's probably true he's probably right i have never seen as many flying eyeballs in anything <laughs> that's fair so I, he, he makes that claim. I wouldn't be surprised if it were true. Uh, <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to keep an eye out for that. <laughs> but the thing is, is, another thing, like, once again, just like the car chase issue, like number number three of, of the original books, this manages to take something that would normally be kind of boring if you were just to make a comic book about it, you know, like a, a chase with a gunfight as a comic book wouldn't be as exciting as it would be in a movie but they managed to do it and it still is exciting and interesting to look at and fun um you know i would say that it's for different reasons but nonetheless they're able to do that all right so in closing how would you recommend this to people uh, it's it's just it's a person by person basis you got to know their personality what they like <laughs> you know it, it's one of those things where it's like you, you so, just so not re- what I said. Recommend it to the person who's never read Turtles before. Uh, that, that would not be me. I, I would recommend it uh, if you're if you're like, man, I feel like I just read everything Turtles. I just need something different. This is for you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, guys, uh, if, if you're if if you also if you're just someone that likes like so bad it's good kind of stuff, like if, if you love. No, we already decided. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's not. So I still bad. think it's so bad. It's good. If you love like current Mortal Kombat games, you would love this book. Like, there you, if you go. Love yeah. a Mortal Kombat game like 10, 9, 10, 11, like the, the ones from the reboot by NetherRealm. If you love those games, you'll like this book. All right, guys. So there you go. That is Body Count. 
if you want to read this, it is available, all four issues on Comixology, um, also part of the Comixology Unlimited uh, subscription. I'm not chilling. I, that's just how I read it. It's, they got a lot of Turtles books on there. It's really, really easy to, really easy to read. Comixology, yeah. give us money. Yeah, right. Amazon, <laughs> come on. I think I've been uh, last week in the bonus content that when my uh, wife got this for me, they ID'd her. <laughs> oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> she got it for me as a birthday present and uh, they ID'd her. <laughs> I kind of want to see if my comic book shop would be able to get this for me. But it's crazy because there's not like a there's not like a mature rating warning on it or anything. No. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just because it's by top shelf. Because when you say top shelf is yeah, I, I guess that's what the imprint is for is more more graphic. Uh, yeah, like I, I don't expect to ever find this on the shelf, but it's never my my comic store, like they don't keep a lot of like the turtle um like turtles trades in. Like usually, because I even had to special order, you know, volume three of Reborn. So, uh, yeah, that's that's body count. Uh, guys, we got some news. Oh, yeah, we do. This is April O'Neil of Channel 6. We starting with. Uh, let's get let's 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 get the little one out of the way. Uh, so we talked about it last week. Uh, Shredder's Revenge was going to be at IGN Fan Fest. Uh, to be honest, I don't remember any news coming out. It's, it's coming <laughs> out this Friday. So is last it this week, Friday? Oh, so we yeah, jumped so, the gun. Yeah, I accidentally jumped the gun last week. I did edit out the part where I said it was going to happen this weekend during. Oh, so so it's really awkward <laughs> that we're bringing it up again right now. Got it. So, inside baseball. Inside, inside baseball. baseball. Yeah. But basically, <laughs> but what happened uh, when we were talking about Shredder's Revenge last week? Uh, early in the morning, uh, they decided to reveal that the sixth playable character for um, for Shredder's Revenge is Master Splinter. And I'm 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 really hoping they have more in the works, like more play the playable characters. Like, give me Casey Jones. Yeah, just, um, you can't just be happy, Spencer. You you gotta you know it's gotta already look past to the next thing. I, I really do, man. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not <laughs> excited about. I'm I'm not. I mean, I've never been like someone that like loves Splinter. The most I've ever loved Splinter is the IDW series because he's just like such an interesting, conflicted character that actually has like a lot to him. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> also I. I, I didn't find it to be like the most amazing announcement because like he was he had he was very prominent in the trailer and so yeah, it was April. This, so I, I figured this it was, was kind of an easy yeah. this was kind of an easy bet because like going we I mean pretty much everybody expected uh Splinter to be a playable character based on the trailer since April had previously made it in and she was you know featured in the trailer right mm-hmm. before Splinter. So um but it, but it, it's still a cool reveal because it is one of the only times that Splinter's ever really been playable in a video game. For sure. And and I do really like, it's really cool that they have him doing like, like almost like jitsu looking moves from like, like Naruto type ninja stuff, you know? Yeah. Something that maybe like, I don't know, a 12th level ninja master would be able to do, you know? So yeah. That's I mean, a deep cut, man. That's I like a it. deep cut. <laughs> we talked about that. You definitely didn't ask us about that before recording tonight. Yeah. So well, it was for other information. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. But I'll never forget uh, it now. 
yeah <laughs> uh but it, it's um but it, it's still a cool reveal um and also along with that we got the official confirmation finally that shredders revenge is also coming to playstation and xbox uh being the xbox one and the xbox um one platform so which obviously means this will be playable on your ps5 and xbox series uh models um which is it's cool like it's no one didn't say like this wasn't going to come here it's just they couldn't confirm it yet which for whatever reason it took this long i think like you know it's almost been a year since this game was revealed so and we're you know still kind of getting the final bits of information out there um but along with that like i was saying uh over on playstation's uh youtube channel there's an eight minute gameplay demo of uh shredder and uh some of the crew on the game talking about you know some of the design and and easter eggs that they hid in the game um we saw that the knucklehead uh toy that we've only like seen was once in the cartoon um is like a little mini boss in the game cool yeah so it would not surprise me not saying it's for sure but it would not surprise me if we got a release date at the ign fan fest uh this weekend i think it's actually this saturday that would be that would be really cool yeah information yeah yeah so it actually will be after well okay i guess it's actually going to be so this information will have come out by the time this episode is out so you'll be able to tell whether i'm full of crap or whether it actually happens yeah there you go even more inside baseball it's wednesday now then saturday will be ign fest and then you'll hear us tuesday or later so yes fantastic so so yeah you know if if i got it wrong comment and rub it in my face (laughs) let us know like leave a five-star review and tell me that i'm full of crap and i will see it we only read the five-star ones yeah spencer (laughs) spencer reads the facebook messages the most so go so go there (laughs) um all right shall we shall we shall we get into the big one yeah absolutely so yesterday as we record this tuesday uh the 15th of february uh paramount uh had which paramount formerly viacom cbs is now just paramount uh, Paramount had its investor call, an annual investor call where they talk about all their plans for the year, earnings, blah, 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 blah. The big news for us, uh, according to the official tweet put out by the TMNT social scene, TMNT Mania takes over in 2023, kicking off with Seth Rogen's new animated take coming to theaters. Nick Animation will fast follow the film with a series of exclusive movies for Paramount+. Plus each centering on one villain in never-before-told tales. So that is pretty, pretty big information. Um, and according, because, to, well, according to an article in IGN, those villain movies will not be related to the Seth Rogen movie. They're going to be separate entirely. So, yeah, so mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not really a Turtles cinematic universe just yet, um, but... Uh, so yeah, so those individual movies are going to be, um, we don't even know if those are going to be connected to, to anything. That's true. Like there's no, there's currently publicly no, um, new show in the works. So like, are these one-off movies or what? Um, but yeah, uh, a lot of good TMNT comment, uh, content coming in the next year or so, um, which I mean, I'm excited for. 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about you guys. I I don't know. Like I haven't been able to get on board with the Seth Rogen movie ever since hearing it was being brought to us by Seth Rogen. Uh and, and like the writer Jeff Rowe, like he's written great stuff. I'm sure the story will be great for the movie. Like I haven't seen Mitchell's versus the machines, but I've heard it's fantastic. Uh, it it is fantastic. It uh 100% one of my favorite animated movies, just period. Like yeah. I'd fell I'd fallen in this love with that movie like a couple of years ago when like when it was supposed to come to theaters, but then like when it finally came out on Netflix, like holy like geez it is it is a great looking film just if you're a fan of animation 100 um because along with that uh some interesting uh, screenshots leaked out that weren't supposed to be leaked out um of concept art of the turtles from this movie um now we haven't posted that on any of our socials because again these were unofficially leaked and Paramount has been going crazy, pulling them down from the internet. Um, some of our friends, uh, other fellow podcasters got, got it ripped off of their socials. So we just, we're conservative here at uh, Ninja Turtle Power Hour. We always, you know, dot our T's and cross our I's because we don't want to get anybody in trouble. So. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's, that's why you haven't seen it on our page. Even yeah. we know it's out there. <laughs> yes, we know it's out there. Uh, and they're, they're interesting designs. Like, they're, you know, it's not like I'm immediately put off just by seeing designs. You know, like I, I have my, I mean, like everyone else, I have my own preferences for designs, but I don't think it's fair to judge something just by what it looks like. Especially uh, because like, especially because like, this is very clearly concept art. Like uh-huh. Um, it, it, it does give an idea of like the direction that they're kind of going with. And it, it does seem to kind of line up with that um, like teaser, like notebook scrap paper that we saw last year uh-huh. um, kind of announcing the movie. And it, it's got that same feel. What it, what it really does feel like is, is Mitchell's versus the machines. Mm-hmm. Um, the art style is very similar to that. Um and with the with the way the turtles like are depicted um they, they're definitely skewing younger it seems like leo in one of the pictures has braces for example which is so weird to me like i ah uh, man i mean it's <laughs> it's weird but it's it's a I, I literally said this to somebody like two hours ago it's really funny to me to see where people's suspension of disbelief ends when it comes to turtles <laughs> like they can be mutant ninja turtles that fight you know on the rooftops against you know aliens from space and also go on time traveling adventures but if they have braces it's because well, we can conceptualize where braces come from yeah you know, <laughs> like, you know it's 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 just funny to me like it's it's one of those things that like we're just we're not supposed to think about it because it, it, it ultimately it doesn't matter it just shows that they're young turtles or like young teenagers which we already knew they were going to be du- doubling down on the teenage aspect of teenage yes. ninja turtles which, which was the first part where i like felt like i just started feeling apathetic towards this movie is when they said that but the thing is is like braces like for example you get an explanation where aliens come from aliens you know their thing like turtles they mutate they get trained by master splinter to become ninjas you know like all that stuff is kind of explained but like 
you know, Leonardo leads, Donatello does dentistry. Like, you know, like how does how does he have braces? I think you just explained it, man. Hey, Don, Donatello, Donatello made him. That's that's it. That's my explanation. Like, you know, he yeah. he he, you know, had some extra wire laying around from doing machines, and you know, tied him to Leo's teeth. So outside of the braces, how do you how do you both feel about the designs? Just the little I, bit we've seen. I'm on board. I I like them. You know, to me, they're we haven't seen an image of them like fully standing up straight. So I don't know. Like they seem lanky um, in the style that kind of works. If you watch Mitchell's versus the Machines, it's very reminiscent of that. Um, I haven't seen that. Is that anything like in, Enter the Spider Verse? It's it's the same animation studio. Okay, that's that's what it reminded me of immediately. So so yeah, like it's it's both Sony Animation. This isn't Sony Animation, but it's the, it's the same like design aesthetic. So I heavily recommend watching Mitchell's versus the Machines to kind of get the style that I think these um, are going for. Yeah, for me, the, the style is skewing towards looking cute and like their arms are kind of long and lanky and going to be noodly you know it's going to be very very cartoony and cute. i mean like yeah like they're, they're going for awkward teenager yeah and so i i don't know my I, i've always liked the more bulky turtle designs okay um just out of my personal preference i kind of like the more bulky look um and yeah, I, got, I also just don't really lean towards the, the cute look and the, it just seems like they're going more for the cute aesthetic. And while Ninja Turtles can have like cute moments, I just don't lean towards it being like cute a lot, you know? So I mean, these ultimately feel more classic anyway in, in like where a lot of people complained about Rise and how like drastically different Rise took uh-huh. um, with the Turtles. Like this feels a lot more safe yeah with, yeah that was kind of my thought like i i know mike when you showed us this concept art my first comment was like oh good thing that donatello has glasses uh, paramount so I, I didn't show them any concept art. Just you, paramount. you I showed it have. to me <laughs> i paramount did yes uh my first comment was well good thing that you know donatello has glasses so i know who the the smart one is yeah but and, outside and of that and got like and he's got like a little buck tooth yeah outside of that like between you know, rise them all looking so different, and and Michael Bay where they were just like so splattered with crap, you couldn't even tell they were turtles. Like I do, kind of like this slim down design where they they all look fairly similar except for their bandanas and a couple features. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm on board with it. I I, I think it looks pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I'm obviously I'm reserving judgment for you know a trailer, more information, like official art that is released yeah. because again this was unofficially leaked. You know, it wasn't in a press kit or anything like this came out from the investor call on like these are screen grabs. So even then, like we're already looking at lower quality art. Granted, it's everywhere, you know, because everybody's going to clickbait and, you know, all those guys got to get their videos out first. We have integrity here at Digital Power Hour. I do say, if you are looking at the the pictures, I am excited about what's going on in the background. There's like a giant. There's whale a lot creature. going on in the background. There's, There's a, a giant whale creature. creature. The turtle blimp's there. Wingnut and Screwloose are in the background. It looks like possibly the Shredder. Yeah, uh, the yeah, Technodrome. The is Technodrome. There. And the whole thing is an eyeball now. And then there's some like weird worm guy shooting lasers up in the air. So yeah, yeah, pretty cool. There's stuff. a lot going on there. So like, I'm really interested to see what's going on. Um, 
in this movie. So uh, yeah. 2023, you know, I- I'm excited. Yeah, it just seems like it's leaning really heavily into 87 again. And it's just kind of getting me down. You know what? Don't don't let it get you down. It's leaning, it's leaning really heavy into like 87. And gotta give the people what they want. 87 doesn't have enough substance for really anything. And so then they're like, okay, so how do we, you know, add more to this? I'm not going to refer to the 20 years of other storytelling that's happened after that or you know any of the comic books i'm just gonna say i'm gonna come up with something that emphasizes more on the teenage aspect anyway that's that's kind of where my my it's old man tune it's old man <laughs> the the decidedly youngest one of us so <laughs> speaking of uh 87 not having enough substance what, what are we gonna do well next? hang on we're not we're not we're not Oh, but I had such a good segue, man. I know. And you, ah. that's what you get for ruining my segue. Right? All right. Uh, turn up, that's fair play. On myself, apparently. Uh. <laughs> I actually forgot what I was going to talk about. Uh, the three villains. Oh. No, the, no uh, so, so the villain movies. Uh, so, the, you know, we were, we've, we've kind of been talking about the three, the, the three of us, like what, it could be and i and from what i've seen like everybody in the fandom has kind of decided that it's going to be you know shredder cry uh crier krang and then like rat king which okay fine but galaxy brain here it's gotta be savanti romero it's time for him to shine <laughs> I, I don't know man i think i think we're gonna Pun see intended i think we're gonna time. see Tell you it's time for him yeah, to uh, I, I gotcha. I, I think we're gonna see triple threat. Triple threat. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> All right. Yeah. We're gonna get okay. a we're gonna get a Johnny Woo Woo solo movie. Johnny <laughs> oh yeah, man. But yeah, like it's it's really interesting that they're going this direction to like give us solo movies for each turtle, um, or for, for each villain. Um I've seen people like, oh, they're they're crueling the the turtles villains, which I I kind of hope it's not because you know they're villains. We don't need to root for them. Yeah, honestly, if they can just do something that's like the IDW one shots with these villains, like the villain one shots are amazing in the yeah. IDW series. Like Baxter Stockman, like as a character, <clears throat> grows so much. Like Hun, oh my gosh. The Hun micro series issue is probably my favorite one in the IDW. Yeah, that one's really good. Like they do this whole thing where you like are kind of like weirdly proud of him, but at the same because he's like turning his life around, but he's doing it by doing other terrible things. Like yeah. it's so so good. So good. <laughs> uh I hope that they do something like that with these movies. I hope that that's what this is gonna be. I'm hoping that they also do more than just Shredder and Krang, that they use it to like showcase maybe some lesser known villains to the wider public you know i mean whether it's like savanti romero i mean like savanti romero if they actually did that that'd be cool my my guess would probably be more something more like baxter stockman trying to make him more of a stand on his own villain um you know and probably less of the whole like servant of shredder fly guy um so I'm, i'm hoping that that's what we get you know something along those lines maybe we'll even like get to see like whole old hob showcase because he's kind of become a fan favorite 
yeah. I don't think we're getting comic ab- comic book adaptations because you know the tweet did specifically say never before told stories. So I don't think we're getting that, but I'm hoping that we get something that is going to kind of help define these characters for broader audiences. Yeah. Like it, it'll it, it'll be really out. interesting to see. So God, that seems 2023 seems so far away because it's only February. And until then, we've got like Armageddon games coming up to re issue five of Last Ronin. We got uh, stuff. We got I mean, stuff. We, we've got Turtles content to last until then, but this, this, this is big news. <laughs> so um that's where I want to end it because I definitely don't want to talk about everybody else's takes on what that art looked like. <laughs> yeah, let's not. <laughs> All right. Keith, you may yeah. segue. So, uh, Spencer, what are we going to do next week? Uh, next week, we're going to be covering issues, not issues, episodes four, five, and six of season four of the 1987 series. All right. So that's Pecking Turtle. Shredder's peaking, mom, peaking turtle. peaking turtle. Sorry, peaking turtle. Shredder's mom, four turtles and a baby. Those sound like great episodes. Oh, yeah. dibs on Shredder's mom already. <laughs> <laughs> that is a top tier one. Shredder's uh, mom, uh... guys. If you also think Shredder's mom is a top tier episode, let us know somewhere on the internet. Uh, if you guys, what what villain movie do you want to see? That's your call to action for this week. Um, what villain? What turtles villain do you think should get a movie? Um, bonus Agent points. Bishop. Bonus points if it's not Agent Bishop. <laughs> Agent Bishop. I don't think it'll ever happen. But Agent Bishop. Yeah. Um, but guys, uh, let us know somewhere on the internet, uh, Ninja Turtle PH on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, if you like the show, tell a friend, please, because we love talking to Ninja Turtle fans everywhere. Clint, I think uh, our buddy Clint just signed up on Twitter and followed us there. Um, mm. So, yeah, follow us everywhere because you know Keith's really good at Instagram. I'm really good at making fun of stuff on Twitter, and Spencer's there to edit the episodes because we love that guy. Yeah, I, I'm awful at social media. But <laughs> I I often lurk. But guys, and I see we love you. Uh and yeah. We'll uh we'll be here next week. All right, guys, that's our episode. Thanks again so much for listening. And until next time, Cowabunga dudes. Cowabunga. Wait, was Johnny Woo her boyfriend? I can't remember now. Brother. <laughs> Like I said, I have so many mixed feelings about this book. Like I, I get done reading it, and I'm like, I don't think I'll read this for a long time. <laughs> and, then, and then one day I'll just be like, I just need to revisit Body Count for some reason. Like yeah. I just need to like look at this book one more time.
just been eyeing me in the, on my shelf for a while so i'm glad i got an yeah. excuse to read it again but. yeah like for some reason like there's just some sort of like odd odd something that just pulls you back to the bike yeah like mike you said that you'll probably never revisit this but like one day you'll suddenly just be like i need to revisit body count i don't know why yeah you'll wake up in a cold sweat and be like body count <laughs> i gotta read body count all right so next week mike you said you want shredder's mom i want the episode i want shredder's mom uh, i said what i said spencer which episode you want uh, between peeking turtle and what's the other one four turtles and a baby uh i'll take four turtles and a baby i guess that's all right and a baby i think that's the one with that uh neutrino princess lady i was talking about last time not Kala. Not Kala. Her name is Riz. Trib. Yeah. IDW series. That's where a lot of my knowledge comes from. Go ahead and write that down from for a second time around for next time. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. I'm gonna take off. All right. How's the? Uh, sorry. Before you go, how's your wife? How's the the pregnancy going? going pretty well um we actually have an appointment tomorrow morning to, to check up so nice but yeah she's i mean she's doing pretty good she's just like tired all the time um i think she went to bed like as i started recording tonight so it's like 8 30 right I mean, making tiny humans is exhausting i imagine i don't know I'm i know and, and she said she's uh, the baby's really active in there but i it's not at the point yet where i can feel it or anything so oh. yeah um I was told that you know, if you're going to read to the baby, the comic books are probably not the best because she can't see outside the womb. But oh. I think she's wrong about that, frankly. So. Yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can work on just describing the images. I That's think. exactly what I've been doing. Yeah. And then the Ninja Turtles jump here and they say cowabunga. <laughs> <laughs> and they high five. Well, high three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I remember high three. We, did, we, we discussed that in the right. Unless Bisley's drawing it, it's a high five. Then it's like high four, maybe. Yeah, maybe. High whatever he, how many, however many fingers he feels like drawing. There you go. Ooh, guys, can we pull our money together? There's a there's a guy on Facebook selling all of Volume Four issues one through thirty two, forty two hundred dollars. Oh gosh! Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what? If the content producers will not make their content freely available, it is ethically responsible to pirate it. I'm preserving it, I believe. Yeah. There you go. That's what it is. Yeah. And also, I mean, $42,000, like, I'm sorry, guys, but if I have that much money, I'm going to finally, like, you know, try and, like, get a down payment on a house with that. Well, like, 4200 4200 Yeah, not 1000 Oh, yeah. okay. $4,200. 4, $4, yeah. It's still a lot of money, absolutely. Still a lot of money. This gentleman's saying I paid two hundred dollars for issue twenty nine, and that's like a famously hard to find issue in twenty fifteen. I thought that was pretty steep. And then I realized I lucked out. No, yeah, he's, that's I mean, what he's saying. Yeah, I'd have to like keep it like in like some sort of like you know airtight container with like that you can like put your hands like in glove things inside there. <laughs> and, and that's the thing is like they're only going to get more expensive, yeah. which sucks. 
Yeah. And then you have like little, like, I don't know, like tiny, like sticks in there to like carefully turn the pages, you know? Yeah. Right. Tweezers. <laughs> yeah. Little tweezers. Yeah. The tweezers you have to hold over the candle, like that episode of The Simpsons. Yeah. They buy radioactive man number one. You know, and I'll have a hazmat suit on, not to protect me, but to protect the comic book. You know, there so you go. We either get skin cells or anything on it. There you go. <laughs> All right, guys. Have a good night. Yeah. Take care. See you later. Take care, guys. Didn't. All right. <clears throat> I don't consent to that recording. Now you can't use it. Oh. California is a two-party consent state. Yeah. Well, if, you, if you hit the got it button, then you consented, right? Uh, yeah, but I didn't hit it before then. So everything after I hit got it. Right. Okay. Cool. <laughs> you <go>. leave. <laughs> Don't leave that in. <laughs> Just want everyone to know we we're talking about top secret stuff. Top super, secret. Super top. Very secret. Deep state DARPA nonsense. Yeah. You wouldn't believe the secrets we know. Deep sewer. <laughs> we should be called deep dish. It's a pizza theme. Ah, deep dish. <laughs> oh man. You know, if we were to actually go and do everything like one at a time, I would call us the deep dish like podcast. Mm-hmm. As we cover like entire arcs and entire like three. You know what? If we ever change the name, because we because you know, for branding reasons, mm-hmm. I would like like Ninja Pizza, the the deep dish team team and TT podcast. I like that's, that. That's not a bad one. Yeah. I'll have to make like a list of these just in case we ever have to change it one day. Anyway. Welcome. <laughs>